Burlesque Stripped Down, episode number 12. Welcome back again, ladies and gentlemen. This is, as always, Velvet Eau Claire, your guide through all of the saucy and sexy secrets of us, the ladies and gents behind the tassels. Thank you so much for tuning in on what I'll call just kind of a special edition. This is a Hot Tips Friday episode. Um, As you may be able to tell from my voice, I am actually a little bit sick still. Um, This week has been has been a rough week, and I kept hoping I would my voice would be all right enough to to record an episode, but unfortunately it wasn't. So this is coming up a little bit late um, here, but again, we'll call it a special edition, Hot Tips Friday. We all like that, and so thank you anyway for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and I hope that my voice is uh, you know the sexy sick instead of just the uh, annoying one. So. Hope you like that. I really wanted to make sure I still got this episode up because I'm actually really excited to share some of this with you, um, regardless of my, you know, my throat and how, how my voice sounds. But today we are, of course, in the middle, smack dab in the middle of Authenticity Month here uh, on Burlesque Stripped Down. It is December. We are talking about how to stay authentic, how to stay true to ourselves um, in performing, in life, in our dealings with others, and kind of in our internal journey as human beings, so to speak. And today, um, of course, we've been talking, you know, kind of bigger picture uh, type things. We were talking about defining your success. We've been talking about the imposter syndrome. And during our interviews, we've been talking a lot um, about authenticity as well. And today I wanted to get a little kind of narrow down a little bit and get a little bit more specific um, in talking about creating a brand for yourself, creating a personal brand. This is something that I feel is really, really important to me. Um as an entrepreneur, because I'm not just a burlesque performer, I uh, really enjoy kind of working on businesses and, and creating new businesses and and doing different things. And so I've done a lot of research, and I think that there's a lot of gems in um, a lot of really good information in entrepreneurial circles, in entrepreneurial um, kind of uh, podcasts and articles and things like that, that may not always make the transition for artists into the artist realm, because there are certainly, I know I'm by far not the only one who is both an entrepreneur and an artist, but not everyone is. And so I think there's a lot of great, great tips and great information that can be gleaned from looking at entrepreneurial studies and how we can apply them into this artistic world. And of course, as always, we're specifically talking about in the burlesque world. So today I want to kind of go into that. We're going to talk about why it's so important to create a personal brand um, and then the best way to go about doing that, including some very, you know, some very tangible tips. I'm actually in the middle as well of working on a PDF form of a branding worksheet for you all as well. Um, at the time of recording and the time of publishing, it's not quite completed, but depending on when you're listening to this, you will be able to find that as soon as I get it finished and uploaded and maybe I'll do some different versions of it as well. But you'll be able to find that as well as um, any links to anything that I talk about in today's episode, as always on the show notes page, and that is over at burlesquestripdown.com slash personal brand. One word, personal brand. As performers, our work is not done simply when we step off that stage. Well, of course, depending on your goals, right, depending on what success looks like for you, as we talked about last week. Um, if you listen to my episode last month about um treating your burlesque career like a business, you'll know some of my kind of thoughts on this, which is that even if you are not planning to be a full-time burlesque performer, even if this is just something you kind of do on the side, 
If it's something that you take a little bit seriously at all, if it's something that you want to maybe make a little extra money from or be able to travel a little bit with, then it's important that you take some time to really examine how you're approaching this, right? And I'm not saying that you need to quit your job and spend six months focusing on this or even that you need to do anything too, too intensive. But take some of these tips that I'm offering you today for what they're worth, right? And take them and and use as much or as little as you feel is appropriate for whatever your situation is. But even if you are an amateur performer who's not planning to make a full-blown career out of burlesque, the work is not done when you step off the stage. If it's something that you want to continue doing, if it's you want to book shows, if you want to have maybe some fans who come to see you, it's really important to create a brand around yourself. It's not just about booking shows, but it's about building a loyal following. It's something that we all kind of want. And that in turn, of course, will make booking shows easier because people will want to book you if you know, if they know that you are going to bring in people. But especially in this day and age with the internet, it's not only about finding those producers and getting them to put you on stage, but you want to build a following of people who are going to like your Instagram posts. They're going to support your Facebook page. They're going to come to your shows when you're in their town. Uh, they're going to tell their friends when, you know, maybe they have a friend in London and you're in London and they're going to tell their friends who are visiting that they should go and see you in the show. It's really, in my personal opinion, it should be one of our top priorities is to kind of build this loyal following around us. I'm not saying you need to have dozens of, you know, adoring fans who are throwing their panties at you up on stage, right? You're throwing your panties at them instead. <laughs> but at least have, you know, this kind of support. It really, it's, it makes doing burlesque so much better. And it, and it makes it just more worthwhile when you know that you have people who you really connect with. And so that to me is one of the biggest takeaways, um, from some of the entrepreneurial uh, research that I've done that kind of, I think, ties into this. For example, I just watched a TEDx talk with a man named Simon Sinek, I believe is his name. Uh, I will embed that that video into the post um, that accompanies this episode. But he talks about um, the golden circle of marketing. And he talks about how there's three circles that are kind of set inside each other. And the way that you approach the circle is what defines really, really successful um commercial companies from not so successful ones. The outer circle is the what, what you're selling, what you're wanting to buy, everything like that. The middle circle is the how, and the inner circle is the why. And he said that the majority of people start outwards and work in. The majority of companies, of marketing companies, right? They start with, hey, you know, I've got this computer for you to buy. What do you think? I'm here, here, we make it really nice. So they start with the how, the what, and then they move into the how, right? We make it, we have all of the, you know, these high-tech things or we use uh, well-sourced materials or whatever that how is. And then maybe they touch on the why at the end. But the best and the most successful companies start with the why and they work their way outwards. The example he uses, um, one of the examples is of Apple, right? We all know that the Apple company doesn't sell us on simply their products and certainly not their price point. But they sell us on their culture, their why. They've made us believe that they have a special view of, of how the world works. And if we feel like they feel, then they're in line with us and they're our company to work with, to, to, to buy from. The way that Simon puts it in the video is that people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And he says that several times throughout the video. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Now, granted, we are not selling computers, we're not selling these things, but we are selling ourselves. And people are not going to be as interested in what we do as if we can give them a story and give them a specific reason about 
why we do what we do and who we are. This goes very well in with my interview with Ruby Jones on Monday. If you haven't listened to that, I highly, highly suggest that you do. She is a phenomenal person and a performer as well, and she has some great insights that I'm going to be mentioning a couple times in this episode. But anything you see of Ruby Jones, if you follow her on Facebook or her Instagram, you see the real her and you see some of why she does it, her motivation behind it. She has attracted what has become known now in kind of uh, entrepreneurial land is, is a tribe, right? A tribe of people who feel like she does and who support her and who know her why. They don't buy what she does. It's not just about her standing on stage and taking off her clothes, but it's about why she does it that motivation behind it. It's about creating loyalty, loyalty to your brand, to yourself. Another great quote from uh, Simon Sinek, this TEDx speaker was, the goal is not just to sell to people who need what you have. The goal is to sell to people who believe what you believe. There are almost 7 billion people on the planet. We don't need to sell to everybody. We don't need to be everybody's cup of tea. As, as burlesque performers. So we don't just want to sell ourselves to whether it's um, promoters or producers or our audience, our public. We don't want to just sell to the people who, who like burlesque in general, because there's too many. It's not specific enough. They're not going to, they're not going to connect with us. We can't always guarantee that they're going to like what we put out there, but we want to sell to people who believe what we believe with whom our marketing message really, really connects. And we're going to talk about developing that marketing message. Okay, so as I said, it is not just about booking these shows. It's about creating this loyal following. If we create a brand for ourselves, we can really attract those people who believe what we believe. And we can attract those people who are interested in buying why we do things, who want to see more of why we do it, and who connect, who resonate with that brand with that reason behind it. We start at the inside of that circle and we work our way outwards. Now, when I use the word brand, we could really go ahead and replace it with the word persona. They're basically, for our purposes, uh, with talking about burlesque in here today, they're kind of interchangeable. When I talked with Ruby on Monday, she talked a lot about personas and characters, and I really loved what she had to say, and it really got me thinking um, after our interview quite a bit. As burlesque performers, we all have personas. It's really just kind of a given with the nature of the industry. Really, all performers do, I would say. Um, you know, actresses and actors, they have a very specific image they present to the outer world when they do these press tours. And for some of them, it's very similar to who they are inside. For some of them, it's completely different. I just finished reading Portia de Rossi's biography, which is a very good one uh, called Unbearable Lightness. And it had to do with her journey through uh, becoming famous, dealing with her sexuality, as well as uh, some very extreme anorexia bulimia issues. And it was really interesting to to read about the difference in her persona. And she didn't get too far into it, but she said, I mean, Very often throughout the book, she talked about how she was required to present herself. Her managers made her put on this kind of act, especially playing in Ally McBeal. If if you watch that show, she plays a very, very hard-ass character, right? A very kind of a bitch, very much a bitch. Uh, But in reality, she was a completely different person. And so who she had to portray to the general public was very different. So that's a, you know, one example that's a little more extreme. And for us as burlesque performers, we all have personas. Even those of us, like me, for example, who may not um, have a very strong 
persona in the sense that it's not all that different from who I am kind of internally. I try to keep my Velvet Eau Claire very close, um, very authentic, very genuine. I don't want to be something that I'm not in everyday life. But still, there's an element of this persona that I put out there that's a little bit different from my everyday life. So it's a challenge to, you know, do what we've been talking about all month, which is staying authentic, but also allowing ourselves to have this persona, which is, like I said, pretty much necessary for a burlesque performer. So it's finding where those authentic. I love what Ruby said about a persona taking some things that are there that are certainly authentic about you and kind of amplifying them. And that's what we're going to talk about later today when we talk about brand pillars and characteristics, right? They might be parts of you internally that you just kind of amplify and make bigger. And I will note that, again, echoing what Ruby said on Monday, there is a difference between persona and character. You may have a persona as, you know, I may have a persona as Velvet Eau Claire. You have a persona as your burlesque name. And then for individual shows or runs or troops or um, whatever it is for a season of your life, you may have a character that you take on as well that may be a little bit different, more extreme, completely different from who you are. But that's different. What I'm talking about today is more the general persona, the general brand that kind of stays with you as your burlesque name. So for you, no matter whether you've chosen to be a very complete, over-the-top, out-there persona that's very different from your normal life, or if you've chosen to keep it a little bit more uh, more true to, true to yourself, and again, that's not necessarily a good or bad thing in, in this context, but no matter which, which route or where in the middle you've chosen to go, you do have a persona. And it's important to realize that, and then we can talk about developing it. Because again, persona, brand, same, same, (laughs) same thing. So you do have a brand that you need to develop. You have a persona that you need to put out there. And it's important to do that consciously instead of just kind of letting it happen accidentally. So how do we create this brand? How do we find people? How do we present ourselves in a way that shows why we are doing something? Well, again, let's start from the inside and work our way outside. There's a few steps that I highly recommend that you do. And again, these are going to be kind of included in this branding worksheet that I'm developing. So head on over. Um, you can head over to the show notes page for this episode. Um, in a f- give me a few days from now. It's mid-December right now. So in about a week or so, I should have this up. Go over to burlesquestripdown.com slash personal brand. You'll be able to find and download this there. But I recommend following a certain process for creating your brand. And it's going to take time. It's not going to happen immediately. And by the way, it's worth noting that this is not something only for brand new performers. Certainly, this could help a brand new performer decide on how they want to present themselves. But at any stage in our career, we can kind of rebrand ourselves or put new branding elements in place or further hone down our exact brand. So what I recommend starting out with is a wonderful application called Pinterest. I'm sure a lot of you are over on Pinterest. If you are, you should definitely um, follow me. But if you're not on Pinterest, go ahead and grab an account over there and start exploring. Pinterest is a way that you can take images uh, from websites around the internet and pin them to boards or put them on these so-called boards or lists, basically, for easy reference. And you can create any boards that you want, have different things. I have a board, for example, for Christmas gifts, where I bit where I pin different things that I see that would make great gifts for my family and friends. Uh, you can have secret boards, you can have public boards, all of those kind of things. Uh, there's lots of articles out there on the internet telling you how to use Pinterest. But I highly recommend taking a second and creating a board on Pinterest that is your brand mood board. 
And just over the next few days, when like go ahead and go on Pinterest when you have some extra time and start looking for any sort of style elements that fit kind of with that brand that you want to create. And you may not know what brand quite yet. You may not have, you know, we haven't done the steps to really narrow it down yet. So this is a great way to just kind of start brainstorming. And this is something that you'll refine later on. After you determine more about your brand, you can go back and change up this board a little bit and add new things and take things off. But for now, just start brainstorming over the next few days. Be on Pinterest and start pinning things that fit with maybe some of the colors, the the feeling, things that make you think of what you want to present for your brand. Once you have, you know... 20, 30 posts on there, 20 to 30 pins. Take a second and go back on and start looking through those and see what things kind of stand out to you. At this point is when you want to start coming up with one article I read called it your brand pillars, the pillars, the things that just kind of support everything else. So this is just going to be three or four key words that just really define everything else that help give rise to the next steps that we're going to create. Start ex- start exploring different words. I also have a list of some various words that you could use um, or that, that might be of interest to you or might make you think of something else. And they're going to serve as your starting point. They're going to serve as that baseline for developing your brand. Then you can later on, you kind of use them as, as a checklist, right? To make sure that all of your activities, everything that you're coming up with later coincides and resonates with those brand pillars. So one might be kind of integrity. One might be, um, creativity, although that's a little bit broad. We kind of want to go a little more narrow. One might be sassy. So head on over to, um, to the show notes page and you'll see a list of some great, uh, starting points, some jumping off points to narrow down those three or four pillars, those key words that are going to help you later on define what it is that your brand persona is. One of my favorite questions to ask, and it's funny that I actually haven't included this, maybe I'll add this for um, the new year questions on my interviews, is about people's spirit animals. You know, what kind of, what animal do you kind of resonate with? What one, not necessarily your favorite, but the one that really embodies either what you do embody or what you want to embody. So for me, that's kind of the next step in creating this brand is to think about using those pillars, those brand pillars. What is your spirit animal? What's your spirit celebrity? And that could be someone alive or dead. Hopefully, well, maybe some Kim Kardashians out there, things like that. Could be, you know, kind of a a Benjamin Franklin. It could be a uh, Martin Luther King. It could even be a Malcolm X. What celebrity, living, dead, real, not real, embodies this brand that you want to put out there. That's a really great way to kind of um, channel them as well when you're when you're developing these things. And then you can go on and do things like your spirit drink, maybe not a cocktail, maybe a wine, maybe a beer, maybe milk. Oh, God, I love milk so much. So maybe a soda, something like that. What um, what is your spirit drink? And you can go on and on with this. You could go your spirit color. You could go your spirit uh, item, your spirit um, candy, anything like that. And you can kind of just brainstorm. And each of these things will help you kind of define more and more what this brand is that you're going to be presenting. Now, once you have some spirit elements in place, your animal, your celebrity, your drink, things like that, then the next step is to create these characteristics. Now, this is a little bit different. It's similar in the sense that you're going to have some, have a bunch of several words, but it's different than our brand pillars. Our brand pillars are going to be more broad values, so to speak. You can think of those like your brand, your personal values. The characteristics are specifically what people, what you want people to think of when they hear your name or your troop name, whatever you're creating this brand for. 
So when I, when, when people hear Velvet Eau Claire, I want them to think of the words professional, approachable, friendly, knowledgeable, helpful, creative, things like that. Okay. So these are more what people would describe you as. If someone was writing a play or a screenplay about your life, how would they introduce you? How would they tell the actor how to play you? What are those specific words? So using those kind of the spirit animals as well as your mood board, take a look at some lists of different, um, qualities, different characteristics, and come up, highlight, you know, start with 10 or 12 or 15, and then kind of narrow it down a little bit. Then you can use those to create one, maybe one statement, if you prefer to have maybe a statement instead of a list. Once you have all those, you can work on creating a tagline for yourself. Now, this is something that's very specific, that I have some very specific advice about, um, dealing with burlesque. Because normally in, in with entrepreneurial, um, when I'm talking with people in, in that kind of a situation, or even in a regular artist situation, I tell them just to create their tagline and create something that would you, they would use to describe themselves. In burlesque specifically, we already have taglines a bit. That's kind of a popular thing to do, right? Um, I think of uh, Miss Ariel Helvetica, who's going to be on the show in a couple weeks. And her, uh, her tagline on her website that she uses is the showgirl with legs to write home about. And we, and men, You've heard many of these, the different, um, the different kind of taglines. Now those, I typically don't suggest kind of creating them yourself. It can happen, but it's something that kind of, for me, it comes out a little bit more organically usually. It's, um, kind of some elements that people, you've heard people say after your shows or, you know, it kind of happens more naturally. I don't suggest always kind of sitting down and trying to come up with a tagline for people to use on an external scale. What I do suggest is creating a tagline for yourself to use internally. Not necessarily to add to your website, although if you like it, maybe it will become your external one as well. But creating one that you know, that you have maybe up on a post-it note in your room or in your office or wherever, you know, in your studio, if you do a lot of work there, that really you can use as a quick reference to remember the kinds of qualities that you want to emanate as your brand and as your persona. And this is why it may be quite different from the tagline that's external because, you know, people may not care about um, the fact that you want to portray yourself as very approachable, right? I wouldn't use that as part of Velvet Eau Claire's tagline, external tagline, but I may very well use it as her internal one, as something, as my internal one, as something that I want to remember as I'm doing this work. So create, come up with the kind of that tagline, um, maybe using some of those, uh, those characteristics, using some of the bits of the spirit animal, something kind of in one, and this could be, you could think of it like your mission statement as a company. Usually they often have mission statements. And again, go back to that idea of the golden circle that I talked about from that TEDx talk. Don't talk about what you're doing. Don't even really talk as much about how you're doing it. You can get into that, but start with the why. Start with what you want to accomplish and your motivations behind everything and then work your way outwards. So maybe this is totally off the top of my head, but it's coming up with something like, I inspire women to feel great about their bodies by creating beautiful, sensual, body positive burlesque acts and performing them on stages around the world. It's a very simplistic, but that might be a good starting point for some of you that are into, you know, that are working with more body positivity and things. So see how that kind of started with the why, 
then how you do it, and then what you're doing, you know, with performing these around the world or in your city or um, in, you know, corporate environments or whichever, whatever your, um, your target market is. And again, that's just a starting point. You're going to want to kind of work with this. And this is a living, breathing thing. This is going to change and adapt. And luckily, post-its are replaceable. <laughs> so you can kind of change it up that way. Now, once you have these kind of idea elements down, you know, you've done, you figured out kind of what you want your persona to embody, what vibe you want to get out there. Then it's a matter of actually putting it into practice. So then we move on to more tangible things, to more things that the external viewer is going to see. At this point, you can start coming up with your brand or your persona colors. Come up with some colors that really, not just that you like, but that really emanate and that resonate with these, uh, these characteristics and this tagline and this purpose that you've developed. I love a site, um, called Colors, and I think it's with a double O. I'll link it up in, in the show notes page. That is really cool for creating kind of a color palette. A lot of people use it for wedding planning or for their website design or things like that. So you can create completely random color palettes or you can create a cup. You can start with one or two colors that you already like and it will, and you can push a button and it will kind of randomly populate the remaining spaces with more colors. And also look into a little bit of the psychology of color. I have a, another PDF that I will also link in the show notes page that talks about kind of some of the psychological factors that go into when we see a specific color, how it makes us feel and what it makes us think of. Of course, those are going to be different for everybody, but there are some fairly universal kind of human reactions to these colors. And many of them we've heard about before. Of course, red is one of those classic ones that we can make us think of anger and passion and fury, but also of love. So that passionate, the purple being a, a kind of more regal color yellow being happy and bright, blue about community and compassion. So, you know, again, you can adapt those and, and, and see what kind of works for you. And I encourage you to kind of think outside the box with those as well and come up with some color combinations. You don't want just one color, at least in my opinion. You want at least one or two main colors and then some supporting colors as well. And these are ones that you can use throughout your branding, you know, through your website and all of your social media and your marketing materials. All of those things we're going to talk about in a little bit. I also highly recommend coming up with a logo. This does not have to be a logo like like a company, a corporate logo that you pay money for a graphic designer to create, but some sort of recognizable element that you can create and use in your branding, in your physical branding later on. Whether it's just, you know, I, I know a, a woman who does some some online videos and things and she uses just a pink circle. But when people see that pink circle, of course, she's not the only one who uses a pink circle. But when we see that pink circle in a certain way, we kind of know that that's probably going to be her. That's going to be her, one of her videos or one of some of her material. So something that just kind of makes us think of of you. And this is the point where you can also be looking at that mood board on Pinterest again and kind of refining it and making it more in line with these colors, with these style elements that you're choosing. And you can also, once you have them a little more in place, you can create what I call a style sheet. And this is something that I do usually for websites and for um, corporate brands, for company brands. But you can do it for your uh, persona, your burlesque brand as well. Create one sheet of paper that has any sort of font elements that you may be using, typefaces that you may be using uh, on the website has your logo and your other style elements, as well as any colors and things like that. And, and and maybe a couple of those keywords that kind of go in there. That's a great reference, especially if you have anybody that you're kind of working with. If you end up working with a troupe or um, going in for a show, for example, and they want to know what kind of a performer you are and how they can market you, you can kind of send them that style sheet just to give them an idea of kind of what you what you attempt to emanate. 
So once you have a kind of an idea of some of these elements, then you start looking into your your online presence. And this is something that if if you all are interested, I can go into a lot more detail in future episodes because each of these elements and really everything I'm talking about today, each of these little things could be an entire episode in itself. But make sure that you have a website. Of course, we all want to have a great website. And one of the things I recommend, of course, this is something that I have trouble with because I see these great websites and I love that they're, I love their elements. I love the way they look and the way they feel. And so I want to use that for me. But make sure that any themes that you choose for your website, any um, fonts, any of the pictures, any of those style elements that I was mentioning falls in line with your brand. What do you think of? If your brand is a very classic, very elegant, you're using these beautiful cursive fonts and these rich colors, you're not going to be using a very boxy, modern theme for your website, no matter how much you may like it. It may look really cool, but it doesn't jive with what you've created for your brand. Because that is one of the keys of branding, ladies and gentlemen, is consistency. People want to be able to see something. Remember that pink circle I mentioned? Whenever we see that, if, if, if I'm on any different social platform, because I know who this girl is, if I see one of those pink circles, that's one of the first things I think of, because she is consistent throughout all social media, throughout her website. So keep your consistency going. Do not have a different brand look on your Instagram versus on your Snapchat versus on your website. Try to keep elements as consistent as possible. That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, go outside a little bit. If you look at my Instagram, I have some different, I use different filters sometimes and I use non-filtered things and I put pictures of my cool new elephant pants on there. And But that's part of what my brand is as well, which is, again, very realistic and authentic and genuine and approachable. So just keep everything in line. Remember those brand pillars we talked about? Those are things that you can always kind of go back on to check yourself. Does this fall in line with those brand persona pillars that I have created? So again, you have your website. You can do a simple design. You can hire someone to do the design. This is something that you know gets a lot more complicated. There's a lot going on about this. Um, but use those brand elements and then make sure that you have snagged up the, your name on every single different social media platform. Even if it's something that you're not planning on using, like maybe Snapchat and, okay, and I say every single one, but of course there's a million that we can't always do. But all of the big ones, make sure you have Facebook. Maybe you have a page or a group or a profile. That's a, that's also another debate topic we could talk about later. Make sure you have your Twitter, your Instagram, even LinkedIn, depending on if you have a personal or professional one, Periscope, Snapchat, Google+, Pinterest. Those are kind of the big, for me, those are the big eight or nine um, there. But also maybe Vine if you're doing, if you're, if you like doing those short videos or uh, Blab is a new one for kind of online video, I think it's video conferencing, like live streaming stuff. Um, kind of whatever your social platforms are, grab the names, even if you're not using them quite yet, you want to have those for later on and at least put in some placeholder images and elements there that again fall in line with your brand. For example, Twitter is not, as I mentioned last week, is not my favorite thing. I don't really love Twitter, but I do have a Velvet Eau Claire account and I do post things occasionally and I do have my profile picture which jives with my brand that's on my website and that's on my Facebook and all of the other things. So they do, even though I'm not as present there, if someone did search Velvet Eau Claire on Twitter and they found that, they would at least know it was me and they wouldn't be like, oh, well, maybe this could be somebody else. I'm not really sure. Because again, with our brand, the most important things are talking about your why behind everything, your beliefs, as well as consistency. Okay? 
So those are the things I most want you to get out of today's episode. And I'm actually running a little bit long here for a hot tips episode. So I want to wrap this up pretty quickly. We talked about the why of creating your personal brand, the goal of finding people who believe what you believe to create this following, a loyal following, finding this loyalty among our viewers, among our audience members, among our fellow performers, among our producers. People don't buy what we do. They buy why we do it. So creating this real authentic, there's that word again, this real authentic brand that comes from inside of us. It's not just about us being burlesque performers and the fact that, hey, I I take off my clothes on stage or I create these, you know, these funny acts or I do nerdlesque or I do this or I do that, but about where that's coming from, that internal motivation. If we all came to burlesque for a very specific reason or maybe several reasons, and it's okay to share that with people. It's People like to have this personal connection to you as a performer, not just that you're very beautiful in this corset or that you do an amazing glove peel. People are going to come back and remember who you are and come back again and again if they know your story, if they know your why, if they believe in you and they believe what you believe. And then, of course, we segued a little bit into talking about some of the more specifics. These are some things that, again, if people are interested, de- definitely send me some feedback. I can always get kind of more into these in, into further detail. But uh, about creating those brand elements, starting more conceptual with these brand pillars, getting a little bit more kind of specific wording with our spirit elements, as well as our characteristics, and then some t- an internal tagline to use, and then presenting them to the world by finding our colors that we resonate with, our style elements, and using them on the interwebs, and as well as on physical, you can use them, of course, I didn't mention this really, but you can use this those on physical marketing materials as well. They can be, I mean, once you have, once you have some colors and style elements, man, making flyers is way easier. It's still not easy, but it's much easier. Or presenting yourself to um, producers is, is much, much easier. And it's much easier to have your interactions now because you know the kind of brand that you want to put out there. Because remember, as we also talked about, every one of us has a burlesque persona. Whether yours is a very big one that's completely different from who you are in everyday life, or if it's more similar for me, like I said before, it's much more similar to how I am every day. But still, it's a persona. It's still Velvet Eau Claire is a different person from who I am in everyday life. Okay. And so once I have my persona more well-defined with this brand, it's much easier for me to do all of my interactions as Velvet because I know what her goals are, what her kind of intrinsic motivation is. So those are the whys and the hows of creating your own personal brand. Remember to try to stay authentic with it and remember that it's something that will evolve and change over time. Certainly, this is not something that's going to stay true the entirety of your burlesque career. As always, this December for Authenticity Month, please do let me know. I would love to hear some feedback on what you thought of this episode. Do you have a personal brand currently? Is it something that you have put this kind of thought into? Or is it something that just kind of happened without you even realizing it? Is it something that you want to kind of revisit and build this brand? Or do you think it's not really important as a burlesque performer or maybe where you are at in your stage? Definitely just let me know, velvet at burlesquestripdown.com. And there's also, of course, the um, the comment section on the show notes page at burlesquestripdown.com slash personal brand. I'd love to love to hear from you. Um, and if this is helpful, again, this is something that for me, this is something that I'm super interested in. Again, bringing kind of these entrepreneurial aspects into burlesque. So if this is something that you like hearing about, please let me know so that I can kind of create more uh, information, more resources for you based around this topic, because I love it, but I also don't 
don't want to create a bunch of things if people don't necessarily want to hear about them. So please do um, give me any feedback that you have. As always, please share this around. Um, let anybody know if you think that anyone would be interested in hearing about this. And if you don't mind taking two seconds to head over into iTunes, no matter if you are me, I'm an Android and a Windows user, but I still have iTunes on my computer. So you can still go into iTunes, even if you're not an I person. Um, and just leave a quick rating and review, an honest one. I would love to hear what you think, and it kind of helps me get the podcast in front of more more ears. So thank you once again for listening. I, I apologize again. My my brain's a little scattered after being sick all week, so I hope it was I hope it was helpful for you. On Monday, I will be having another a special, very special two for one episode with uh, two ladies from the Distress Dolls. So you'll definitely want to tune in for that. And then next week for our Christmas episode, we will be ta- I will be talking talking about um, confidence and vulnerability. So I hope you join me for that. I'd love to hear back from you. Thank you again so much for listening, everyone. And remember, especially in this time of the holidays, they can be a little trying, they can be a little crazy. So just remember to try to stay authentic and stay sexy. (laughs) 